You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. I've been talking about vision for the last three weeks, this is the fourth week that we're going into, talking about Vision 2020 and how important that is to us uh, in general, that we need to have clear eyesight for us to navigate through life. Uh, But we also talked about vision as far as being a force that drives us into the future with passion and with desire, and God gives us vision to, to, to go forward to do things that we probably would think would be impossible. Uh, 2020 is a very important year for Living Word Chapel. Um, if, you're, if you're new here, you, you, you get to hear this for the first time. If you've been a regular, you, you heard me say this as we started the series, but I think it's important that in March of 2020, uh, we are going to be celebrating 25 years on Highway 77, which I think is just really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot has happened in those 25 years, and uh, we are just believing that God's not done. You know, he's, he's still doing amazing things. Um, so as we've, we've been going through this series, I've talked about several ele- uh, elements that have to do with vision. Uh, the first week, I talked about courageous vision from the life of Joshua, and what we find is that Joshua needed courage, uh, and uh, he needed to have uh, 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 God's passion as he went forward, and he had all that, so God gave him success in, in moving forward, but we need courage as we move into the future where, where God is directing us. The second thing that we learned from uh, this series is sometimes we need our, our vision to be renewed. And we learned that from the the prophet Habakkuk. And if you remember, Habakkuk had a very negative attitude. And it's very easy for us to get negative in life. And sometimes we have to renew our vision so we can get into the positivity of God and begin to move forward in in how he's directing us. Uh, God always brings positive into our life. Do you believe that? And anytime we walk independently of God, there's a lot of negative that approaches us. And so you may be in here right now with maybe some negative that's come upon you, and, and God is, is desiring to, to redirect you into a renewed vision so that you can see things from his perspective. We need that, okay? And then last week I talked about adjusted vision, how important that is, that as we're navigating through life, we always make adjustments. We always tweak things in, in, in life. In fact, when you're driving, think about how many adjustments you make to stay on the right path. And, uh, and so the Word of God is what gives us adjustments. We, we learned last week how the, the Bible is what teaches us and what uh, brings uh, the clarity that we need uh, to, to keep us on, on the right path. And so today, we save the best for last. Today, we are going to be talking about a winning vision and, and how important it is uh, for us to desire to win in life. You know, Jesus told his disciples, he said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. So he doesn't want us to lose in life. He wants us to win. And, and he's given us everything that we need so that, so that we can win, so that we can move forward. And I believe he's given that mandate to the church that we should be leading in a way that we are leading people to win in life and, uh, and to move forward. So 
on your outline, if you don't mind taking that out right now, on your outline, on the second page, is uh, what we believe the Lord has given us for, for 2020 and for five years. It's a five-year vision that we pray through, and, and we're just believing that God is going to empower us to do so. He also, in that, uh, with, with a renewed mission, and we're going to see that mission, which, which we've been talking about every, every week and every message, and then a strategy that really doesn't change. It's the same strategy that God has given uh, in the early church, and, and, and we have it. So, so we're going to follow that strat- strategy, and then we're going to look at values. And then, and then we'll see the measurements of what God has done in the last five years. Um, and, and so let's look real quick at, uh, at uh, uh, the first part. It, it says, uh, in, the, in the next five years, we're believing God to empower LWC2 and we're believing that God is going to be able to reach a thousand people for Jesus, and I believe He's going to use us to do so. Um, that's that's very doable. As I as we talk about this, I want to bring Tim Wilson up again, and Tim had something very amazingly uh, awesome happen this past week. Every Tuesday, uh, we meet for prayer. You saw that on the on the on the uh, slide uh, during the video. There's usually 15 to 25 people that meet here for prayer. And last week, he, he mentioned that he wanted us to look for opportunities uh, and make ourselves available for, for God to use us. And uh, he went to work, and something pretty amazing happened. I want you to share that, okay? Well, we, we shared, uh, ask God for something, somebody he's going to put in your path that you're going to share with. And so I got to work early that morning. I got to work, and I walked in, and my boss says, Tim, you're going to be with the guy that's going to check our boilers. Is that, is that an opportunity? Okay. So I said, yes, I've got an opportunity here. I got to share with somebody. So starting at about 8, 8.30 in the morning, all day I was with Robert. Robert Perez, are you here today? No. He said he might get here. He lives in South Tucson. But anyway, I'm talking with Robert all day. And the first thing I began to share with him is how good God is. And as I'm sharing how good God is, he says, I'm mad at God. And I thought, whoa, he's mad at God. And I said, why? My daughter was born blind. When I was 13 years of age, I saw my dad grab a pistol and put it here and shoot himself. He wanted to commit suicide, but missed. He shot himself from here and missed. And I've been, and he starts giving me all the problems of his life. Just starts pouring them out. And I took him to John 10.10. John 10.10, you need to memorize it. The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. So I started sharing that with him and talking to him about the goodness of God. And I had five hours to talk with him and just talk to him about God. Well, halfway through all of this, he starts weeping. This big old guy starts weeping with me. And I said, are you ready to ask God forgiveness for thinking all this bad stuff about him? Yeah. And so he and I prayed together and wept together. And he asked God forgiveness. And he asked a lot of people forgiveness that he was bitter against. And as we're praying together and weeping together, he told me 
I, I had this weight lifted off me. Anyway, it was so good. But anyway, after we prayed and talked all day, at the end of the day, he says, can I have your phone number? And I'm sneaky. I said, what's your phone number? And I'll give it to you. Then I've got his phone number. So. You, you got his digits. Yeah, I got his digits. So I call him and leave my number on his phone, but I've got his. I'm sneakety. But then what I, what I do is say, I encourage him to read his Bible. And he says, I don't have a Bible. So I have a USB in my, in my Jeep. And I took the USB out and I gave it to him. I said, here it is. Put it in your, in your truck and listen to the word. Just listen to the word. And then Friday I called him up and I said, Robert, how you doing? And I didn't get him. I just got his answering machine. He calls me up Saturday and says, hey, you must really care. You called me. I said, yes, I care. I want to see you walk with God. He lives in South Tucson. And he was trying to get here this morning. He didn't make it this morning. But he's starting to walk with God. Opportunity. Yeah. He gave his life to Jesus. That's awesome. He gave his life to yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. So, so we can change that first bullet to reach 999 souls, right? See, God is in the, he's in the saving business, and he wants to use us, and I just believe that 1,000 is nothing for him. If he can heal someone from uh, uh, you know, dialysis and all these things, he can do great things. Also, on, on, uh, we believe God to empower us. The second bullet is to average 700 people in weekly attendance by year five. Um, the, in, in, our, in, our, in the life of the church, what we're seeing right now is we are seeing um, wonderful attendance in most services. The, the, the one service that is not highly attended is our second service, but our Kearney campus is busting at the seams and our first service is busting at the seams. That doesn't mean the second service is there's anything wrong with this service. It just means that there's a lot of room for people to fill. And so we, we just believe that God's going to, to do that, uh, um, to fill this every Sunday that we'll have at least 700 people. We're believing that God's going to have us baptize 300 new believers in five years, that God is able to do that. Uh, we're also uh, believing he's going to empower us to grow 300 new believers through our discipleship path. Because it's one thing for, for what Tim said, for someone to come to Jesus in a one-day prayer, but it's another thing for them to grow in their faith. Amen. And so God wants for us to grow them up in, in the faith. Uh, the, the next bullet is to connect 300 people to weekly small group attendance. And here's the thing that you need to know that on Sunday mornings, we, we come into roles. And in, in roles, you don't grow in roles, you grow in circles. Uh, for Thanksgiving, I had my, our family down, and, and when we sit together, we never sit in rows looking away from each other. We always sit in a circle. We sit in couches, uh, sectionals, and we talk to each other. We grow as a family. We grow in love and in grace. It's the same thing in, 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 as, a, as a child of God. You grow in circles, not in rows. So we're just believing that there will be 300 individuals that will be in small groups uh, by, by the end of year five. Uh, we want to launch an after-school program for school kids at Oracle and Kearney. And uh, Kearney is a wonderful place, as well as Oracle. We have families and we have children that have uh, no place to go that's going to pour God into them. We want Living Word Chapel. Here, here's, here's a mistake that we make as a church, is that we're open on Sunday mornings for people to come. 
or Sunday evenings in Kearney and throughout the week the, the building is not being used. We need to use this for God's glory every day of the week. And so we're just believing that God's going to bring the children. He's going to uh, bring the funding in so that we're able to do that and, and invest Jesus into the children in our community. And children will bring their parents when they see the changes that God will do. So we're believing for that. Uh, we're, we're believing that God's going to empower us to launch a third campus in the Oro Valley Rancho Vistoso area. And so we have seen what God has done in Kearney. And we have a, a, a wonderful, very healthy church there. And, uh, and we have a lot of growth coming into uh, Saddlebrook Ranch and Vistoso and Eagle Crest. And, and we're believing that God is going to put a place there where we can, where we can start to reach people uh, for Jesus in that place as well. And then we're, we're uh, believing that God's going to empower us to plant one church in a location in need of a healthy church and a, a pastor. And this probably will be a rural place. It doesn't have to be in the state of Arizona, but it's a place where, um, where they don't have a church to go to. They don't have a, a healthy church, and, and we just believe that God's going to allow for us to leverage his goodness and, and put a, a church work there. Um, one of the things that you might not know about, about how God does things, or, or how, let's just think about how the world does things. Did you know that when Sam Walton started Walmart, that he, his whole mindset was to, um, and I heard this from an executive, I had dinner with an executive one time of Walmart, and I said, tell me the story of Sam Walton. He said, Sam Walton's philosophy, his mentality was, I'm going to take what, uh, into, into rural communities, I'm going to take what they would have to drive to a big city to get. So I'm going to take a store where they can find everything they need at one place. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, Sam, Walt, Sam Walton did a pretty good job with Walmart. And, and they're, 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 they're doing okay. But could you imagine if, if the church would take the same initiative and, and take uh, the work of God to places that they don't have it, and instead of people having to drive different places to find in the big city what they can find in their home, we're believing that God's going to allow for us to do that. And so our mission, our mission is going to be wrapped around who we are at Living Word Chapel. We are going to be a church who are going to love empower and transform people with and through the living word and here's the thing about the word of god the word of god never changes our philosophies change our opinions change but god's word never changes and and as we move forward uh we believe that it is his word that people need to be grounded with planted with loved with and if we do that we're going to we're going to change our communities like we never have seen before. So we're going to move forward with that. Um, and then what are our values? We're going to really talk about our values continuously. So our first value is simplicity. The simple gospel changes lives. It's Jesus plus nothing, right? If you want to come over here to be awed by my speech, you're not going to get that. I could talk to you about es eschatology, soteriology, pneumatology, all these things that you guys would leave saying. All we talked about was ologies, Right? Or I can talk to you about how much Jesus loves you and how he loves your neighbors and how he loves your friends. And it's simple. It's, it's not complicated. And, and here's what the Bible says. It says our boast or our bragging is this, the testimony of our conscience. In other words, we have a good conscience before man and before God is how, how Paul put it. Uh, 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 we boast in, the, in our testimony of our conscience that we have behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God and supremely so towards you. So, so he's saying, be simple. Don't make it difficult. The second value that we have at Living Word Chapel is diversity. In other words, we value, uh, we value diversity. We want a church that is, that is uh, 
not just white. We want a church that's just not brown. We want a church that's just not black. We don't want nothing but men. We don't want nothing but women. We want a diverse church. And I love what I see here. I love what I see in our, in our other, other two services. We have a diversity. We have ethnic diversity. We have political diversity. So we're not stuck saying that if you're of a political affiliation that you're not welcome here. We welcome everybody because Jesus welcomes you and he can change your life. And so we want to be diverse, and we're going to make that one of our values. In fact, uh, Revelation 7, 9 says, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. This is the, 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 the vision of heaven. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, they're standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. So the only thing that we have that, that, that is similar is that all of us are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. But there's going to be a diversity in the, in the heavenly uh, uh, come together, and it's going to be amazing. Um, the other thing that we value is unity. Unity, that means <clears throat> we're united in the things that matter. Amen? We don't budge from the things that matter. And what matters to us is that Jesus is the only salvation for the world. We're united on that. We, we, we're united on that. Jesus is God in the flesh. That, that, the, that the, the God is revealed to us in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. We're united in that. But we, are, um, uh, we also, we don't gossip about each other. We, don't, we encourage one another. We don't gossip about our neighbors. We don't judge people. We love people. So we're united in that. And I love how Peter put it. He said, first, all of you have unity in, of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. And then the last thing that we value is community. And the reason that that is so important, beloved, the reason that community is so important is because you grow in community. We need each other. You need people around you. And Sunday morning or Sunday evening is not enough. One hour uh, 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 a week is not enough for you to grow in the things of God. You need people around you. Um, this is how, how the writer of Hebrews put it. He said, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And, and any of you that have maybe been away from, from fellowship, away from gathering together, you probably notice that it's easy to stray away from the things of God. But when you're together, when you're in, when you're in fellowship, it's very easy to be, encourage one another to do the things that bring glory to God and that are going to be good for you. Amen? So that's vitally important right there. And then we've measured, for the past five years, we've measured what the Lord has done at Living Word Chapel. And the reason that we measure numbers, that we measure people, we measure what's going on is because God measures. God cares about every person. In fact, he wrote a book about numbers. The Bible tells us that there is a Lamb's book of life where every person is written that's ever given their life to Jesus. So he knows every person. So when we talk about measuring what, what, what God does, it's important. So this is what we've found in the past five years. Our weekly average attendance is 240 people. So every week, there's 240 people that come to the campuses at Living Word. Now, this is not 240 of the same people because we, we minister to about 500, 550 people throughout the year. But 240 consistently come to church. And the reason for that is because the norm in America is that people go to church once, usually the average once a month, one Sunday a month. But we want to change that, right? 
And even if you come once a month, at least you come into the house of God and he does things. So that's just the reality. The measure is 240. Baptisms, in five years we've baptized 100 people. And in, in, ten, in the last 10 years we've baptized almost 500 people. So that's amazing right there. We went down, but the reason that we've gone down is because we need to reach new people. And you reach new people and they, they, need, they have the necessity to be baptized. So we're, again, we're believing that God's going to bring a lot more. Um, discipleship classes. So we have a discipleship path that we, we take people on and uh, to connect, grow, serve, reach, and worship. And so we have had 259 people in the last five years take a course in that discipleship class, and we want to, to make that bigger. Our weekly uh, small group average uh, every week is about 90 people that are in small groups. And those, the people that are in small groups, I, I, you see so much of a difference in them because they're growing together. They encourage one another, and it's a wonderful thing. And that's what we are. We're going to try to increase that. We're going to believe we're going to increase that. And then we added a second campus, which resulted in a church merge. Uh, three years ago, we, we, we went to the Copper Basin. We went to Hayden. And we met at a school, and from that, God just began to explode that. And another church in Kearney, uh, in the Copper Basin, reached out to Living Word Chapel, and it ended up that we merged with that church. They became Living Word Chapel Kearney, and, uh, and we averaged there about 60 people per week. And sometimes we have right at 90 or 100, and sometimes it goes below 60, but God has, by his blessing, uh, been able to lead us there to have a healthy church. So... As we move into this, this, we're trusting the Lord that in five years we're going to navigate together to move into what he has for us in the future. And God is able to do greater things that we could ever do. But we have to have vision. Amen? Amen. This is all it is. This is just vision for, for, for the Lord to move us, move us forward. And, and you guys are a part today of hearing how the Lord is going to be instrumental in directing us in that, in that path. We are going to go, you can flip this around now. You can flip this around. We are going to go to a passage, and for the next, say, 15, 20 minutes, I'm going to talk to you guys um, about how the Lord uh, gives his talent into our lives and into the lives of his people and how he wants for us to use that talent to do great things for him. He gives us his. Now, the great thing about this passage is that it comes right after a chapter where Jesus is talking to his disciples about, about what's going to happen in the future. He says, before the Son of Man comes, all these things are going to occur. It's going to be very turbulent days there's going, to be, there's going to be a lot of uh, nations rising up against nations, a lot of wars, a lot of things are going to be happening. People are going to be against each other. And he begins to teach them, and they say, well, Lord, tell us when this, this is going to happen. And he says, I'm going to tell you right now, he said, no one knows the day nor the hour. The Son of Man will come like a thief in the night. So it's not for us to guess and try to figure out when is he coming back. What we need to worry about is what are we doing with what he's given us today? And that's exactly where he goes. He goes into these parables in the next chapter. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25. You can go in your outline. Verse 14 through 18. And we're going to see how he gives a winning vision and what it necessitates for us to implement that into our lives. Okay, so let me pray first of all over the word. And then we'll read and then go into the, go into the points. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for uh, every person that's here in this second service. 
Lord, I just pray your blessing upon your word. Lord, as, as we have uh, come together to, to learn and to grow in, in what you have for us, I just pray that I will be able to, that I, as your messenger, will be able to speak in a way that honors you, in a way that is uh, confident, in a way, Lord God, that is clear, and uh, that every person here right now, Lord, for all the busyness that we have in life, that we can just take a moment and by your Holy Spirit, that, that we will be able to take in the things that are going to benefit us for our week and for our future. So I just pray your immense blessing. Holy Spirit, have your way and uh, give me the, 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 the power to speak in a way that's going to make a difference in people's lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. So <clears throat> Jesus just gave a parable about five uh, wise virgins and then five foolish virgins with ten virgins. And he's saying, this is how, you know, you need to be, be when, when the coming of the Son of Man is, is, is at, at hand. And then he goes into this one, okay? And verse uh, 14, he starts out like this. He said, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. So whose property is it? The man's. It's not, it's not his servants, right? And to one he gave five talents, to another two to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. So he's talking about Jesus coming to this earth, and he gave his, his gifting to his disciples, to his people. And then he went away. He, was, he went to Calvary to the cross. He died. He was buried. On the third day, he rose again. When he rose again, he spent 40 days with the disciples. After 40 days... He ascended to heaven, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father until he comes back for his people. That's what this whole thing's about, okay? Then he went away. He who received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five more talents. So also he who had two talents, he made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground, and he hid his master's money. So from this text, I want to talk about four winning vision necessities. See, you have to settle these in your heart, these truths in your heart and in your actions. And here's the first one, okay? Here's the first one. You want to win. A winning vision is always worth the cost. If you don't think that God is worth everything in your life, then you haven't met God. Because when you meet God, you understand that he's everything, that he, 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 he sustains you with peace that you've never had. He sustains you with love that you've never felt. He sustains you with, with, uh, with uh, navigating, with directing you in your, in your life like you've never, ever seen before. You understand that God has invested everything into our lives for his glory. All of us are a testimony of God's goodness. That's why he said a man called his servants and he entrusted to them his property. You see, in this parable, the man is God and the servants are his disciples. And Jesus was telling his disciples that God had invested the very best by sending Jesus to this earth. It's not my property. Everything that I have doesn't belong to, to me. It belongs to God. It's not my, uh, my talent, my, my, my treasure. Everything that we have is God's. And when you settle that, it, it gives you such peace of mind. It gives you such peace in your life. From the day we're born to the day we die, 
God is calling us to give up the temporary so that we can gain the eternal. And so many people live their lives by wanting more of the temporary instead of wanting more of the eternal. But with the eternal things comes with the peace of God. With eternal comes with the compassion of God. With the eternal comes with the things that money can't buy. I, I was, I was kind of uh, thrown back uh, as I read this morning uh, or last night what the totals for uh, Black Friday were. So the total money that was spent, talk about the temporary, right? And I'm not even going to say that's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just saying this is what happened. The total that was spent just with online purchases on Black Friday was $7.1 billion. Online. That's not even going to the stores. So, so as, you, um, as you think about, those are, a lot of those things are temporary. I'm not even saying that, that that's a bad thing, but I'm saying people invest into things that are so temporary. And, 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 and you need to understand that God's plan for you is so much greater than what you can purchase in this world. The Apostle Paul uh, said it best as he's talking to the church in Ephesus. He's talking about this mystery of, of God's plan that, that Christ was going to dwell in his people, that, that the Holy Spirit was going to come and make his, his home with us, and that we were going to have God walking with us, that the temple is not a church building, but the temple is actually his people. And, and Paul put it like this. He said that God made known to us the mystery of his will. In other words, the things that we couldn't figure out, God made it known according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, again, in Jesus, things in heaven and things on earth. This plan is God's plan, and we either embrace it or we reject it. And when we receive it, we have, a, we have another, another choice. So when we receive it, if you reject it, you walk away from it, and you do life independently of God. And you try to find peace in other places. You try to find happiness in other places. You might drink your happiness. You might snort your happiness. You might do whatever, whatever you're going to do to find happiness. But the reality is you'll never find true joy until you find Jesus. And the plan of God is worth the cost. It cost Jesus everything so that we could have life in him. Here's a question I have for you. Is what God has given you worth sharing? Is what God has poured into you worth other people having? You know, Jesus talked many, time, uh, many times about the cost of discipleship. He says, it's going to cost you. When, when, when we follow Jesus, it's going to cost you. You know, when, when I started following Jesus 26 years ago, I was cool at one time. I don't know. Right? Yeah, all right. No, I'm just kidding. But the reality is when you start following Jesus, sometimes people don't think you're cool, but it's worth it. He's worth it. And, and, and there was a time that Jesus was ministering, right? And he's ministering to a group of people, probably in circles, and his mother and his brothers and his sister, sisters are outside, and they tell him, hey, your, your mom's outside and your brothers and your sisters. And he looks at them and he says, you see these, these people right here? These are my brothers. These are my sisters. And this is my mother. And, and he, was, he was making a point. He was, he was saying, anyone who does the will of my father are my mothers and my brothers and my sisters. And then he says something that kind of, it, it kind of 
throw the monkey wrench in our, in our lives because some of the things that Jesus said are pills that are hard to swallow. But because Jesus is your Savior, he wants you to know that he's worth it. You need to know that he's worth it. You know that he's worth not you, you not uh, turning around and going back to the world because the world has nothing to offer. I, I was in the world for 26 years. Here's the cool thing about where I'm at right now, 52 years of life, right, until February. Then I'll be 53. But I've, I've had 26 years in the world, and I've had 26 years in God. The same amount of time that I had in the world, I have it with God now. And can I tell you, my 26 years with Jesus is so much better. It doesn't mean that I haven't had any difficulty, but I've had difficulty and God's in it. He's in my, in my life, so he's able to help me. But here's what Jesus said as they asked him that question. He says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me uh, cannot be my disciple. So God's not as interested as the cross that we have on a church. That's not as important to him as us carrying the cross and doing the things that he's called us to do. He said, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which one of you desiring uh, to build the tower does not first sit down and what? Count the cost. Whether he has enough to complete it. And when we think about counting the cost, we must realize that the vision of God is a winning vision. The, the, the vision that God has for you is so much better than what the world has. I don't care what's happened in your past. God can take what the devil has done. He can give you back your life and more of it. The second thing that's important is a winning vision is worth the investment. I mentioned how this year uh, Black Friday people spent seven, uh, got 7.4, but fluctuates billion. But it helps us to, to kind of shed some amazing light on this parable, right? Because people are investing continuously, right? Verse 15 says, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. And then he went away. Did you know that God knows exactly what we can handle? And he will give to us accordingly? And the way that you increase what God is giving you is you are faithful with the small things. You see, what you do with the small things is what you're going to do with the big things. And, and, and he, he helps us to understand this. He, he, in Luke's gospel, he said this. He said, if you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful with large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you will also be dishonest with greater responsibilities. And that's exactly what was played out in this parable. He who had received the five talents... He went at once and he traded with them. And then he made five more talents. And so also he who had two talents, he made two more talents. But he who had received the one talent, he went and he dug in the ground. And, 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 and he hid not his money. And this is what we need to grab a hold of. Not his money, but his master's money. And so when we don't invest the, the, the talent, the gifting that God has given us, it's not ours to not invest it's God's. And when we go and we bury it, 
And, and so many people, so many people, you don't understand that the more you use what God has given you, the more he will give back to you. That's very, that's very biblical. You see, the one who had five and the one who had two had a winning vision. And here's, here's what I want you to grab a hold of. They did not know when they invested it what was going to happen They just knew that it was worthy to be invested. We didn't know at Living Word Chapel three years ago that when we went to Hayden to this high school that that we would have, God would give us a building, God would give us a multi-purpose center, but we invested into it and God has brought it into fruition. That's what I want you to grab a hold of in your life. If you don't invest the things that God has given to you, and you bury the gift that God is, the talent, your time, you never get tomorrow back. Did you know that? You never get tomorrow back. You know, one of the greatest giftings in me is, is that God has been so good to me. Last Saturday, I did, a, I did a wedding in Safford. Did a wedding for this amazing young lady that, her, she was broken. Her husband had left her and she was broken. She thought, I'm, I'm all used up. And this man came into her life. God brought a man into her life that gave her everything she never had and more. Her three kids, now they're, now they're one's a 21-year-old, another one is in high school, and, the, and the, the boy who walked her down the aisle, her son walked her down the aisle. She never had a white dress wedding. The other husband never gave her that. And she had that. But the most beautiful thing about me being able to do that wedding was even greater than just that ceremony. It was bringing my grandkids back as I picked them up. They, they met me in La, from Las Cruces, New Mexico, and I drove my, my grandson back. And as I drove him back, he sat in the, in the back seat. He said, Grandpa, I'm going to be a pastor whenever I grow up, just like you. I said, don't worry, don't worry, uh, uh, Stephen. That's what, that's what your uncle said, too. <laughs> And then he said, I read my Bible every day, Grandpa. I read my Bible every day. He's five. That was kind of a stretch. And then, and then my, my uh, granddaughter says, Grandpa, I read my Bible too. <laughs> I read my Elsa Bible. My, my Elsa Bible from Frozen. <laughs> but those are treasures, and, and, and I'll never get that time back. You see what I mean? The investments that we make, you, you, you're either going to invest them or you never get those times back. And, and here's what I'm going to tell you, beloved. Here's what I'm going to tell you. That money and time and talent, you're either going to bury it or you're going to use it for the glory of God. And if you use it for God, he's going to give you more. God has given me more and more and more and more and more and more every year of my life. And he'll do the same for you. Every, every, every cent that you invest into God's work will be noticed by God. Every minute that you use for God's work will be noticed by God. Every, every time you use your talent, that you use it for God, it will be noticed by God. And how do I know this? Because Jesus, there was a time that there was a, 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 they were in the synagogue. They were in a church service. And Jesus went and got a seat. And he, uh, he sat by, by the, giving, for, for the giving station. And people were giving, and some people were giving big amounts. And then there's this little old widow that comes down the row, and she gave. 
And Jesus looks and his disciples are saying, what are we doing here? I'm just saying that. I don't know what they asked. But he looked at them and he says, that lady right there has given more than all of them. She said, he said, um, they gave out of their abundance, but she gave everything she had. She gave two mites, which is equivalent to two cents. He noticed everything that was given. God notices everything that we do with his gifts in our life. Here's number three. A winning vision is always worth the effort. Everything that is worth anything in life will always come with effort. If you want to be a good parent, you got to spend time with your kids. Hear me now. If you want to be a good parent, get off of the phone. Spend time with your kids. Facebook will still be there. Instagram will still be there. Snapchat, it'll still be there. All these things. I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying we, 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 if we want to become the best parents, it always comes with an effort. If you want to have a good marriage, it takes effort. You want to have a great church, it takes effort. It takes everybody coming together. If you want to, have a, if you want to be a great employee, it takes effort. I spoke to a, a young man recently. He said, you know what? At, at jobs, people are acting kind of weird. You know, my boss is, is kind of questioning things. And I looked at him and I said, here's what, what I want you to do. I want you to go back and I want you to do your job better than you've ever done before. And I want you to learn to do your job better than your boss. And they will never look at you again. In fact, what they're going to do is they're going to promote you. But it takes effort. Look at the parable. Verse 20. He who had received the five talents came forward bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. In other words, the the, the master gave him something, but he did something with it. God is giving you something. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with with every every paycheck? Do you give God the first fruit? Do you say, Lord, this is for your work, and then everything else comes into place where you say, if I have anything left over, I'll give it to God. With your talent, do you say, you know what, I'm going to use it to to, to do this, to do that, to help this, to do this, to do this, and then if if I have anything left over, I'll I'll give it to God. Or do you say, God, you come first. I'm going to give you the first fruit of everything that I do. If you give him your best, he will continue to bless you to do the rest. That's a way that God operates. He who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered me uh, two talents, but here I made you two talents more. I made you. I put an effort into it. See, some of you, I'm going to say something. Don't get mad at me. I'm going to say something. This is not for you. This is for God. The things that we do for God is never for us. We don't have to toot our own horn. We don't have to say, look at me. God is noticing everything we do for him. Now, here's here's another thing that's very important. Some of you that are sitting here, you're five-talent people. You're five-talent people. God sees you as five-talent people. He said they're worthy to invest five talents because I know what they're going to do. I know what they're going to do. I met a five-talent person. Let me, let me just share the, the story of his life and his wife. They came probably, you know, 10 years ago. The first time he came in, you know, he, he, they, he went and talked to the secretary. We were doing this year-end offering. First time we ever did it. We were trying to raise $25,000, which I thought was incredible at that time. I thought, there's no way that we can do that in Oracle. 
he came into the church and he said, I want to have a meeting with the pastor. I was visiting someone in the hospital and the secretary called me up and said, pastor, this guy wants to meet with you. You know, I don't know what it's about, but he wants to meet with you. So he, he met with me and he said, he said, pastor, uh, whatever people give, whatever they give, I'm going to match that. So just want you to know that. I was like, what? I just thought that happened on TV. I never knew it was for real. So he, he, this is a true story. He matched everything, and we went over $25,000 that first year. Next year, he gave another $25,000. We're talking monetary right now, but I can talk gifting as well with talent. Next year, he gave, 20, uh, he gave another $25,000. year after that, he gave $50,000. The year after that, the year after that, he said, I'm going to invest so we can pay off this, this, this uh, um, build, building loan. He went into my office and he said, this is what I'm going to give for the year end. Him and his wife, you, if you were to see him, you would not even know that this person was uh, what people would consider wealthy. He went in there and he gave us uh, a money for year end, like a $25,000. He said, I want, to, I want to also give this $50,000 for the loan. He left giving $75,000. I almost fell back in my seat. He was a five-talent kind of person. He said, I'm going to invest into the kingdom. Now, now, God had blessed him, continually blessed him. Now, here's what happened. That, that, uh, that, that a winter, he went away on a trip. He, he went away on a trip, and he had his own plane. He flew his own plane, him and his wife. He got into some storms and ran into a mountain and went home to, to be with Jesus. But I'll tell you something, he left everything for God's glory here on earth. And here's what I want you to know, God will always, always, always provide. I am so confident of that. I've seen it over and over and over. The next, the, we, after, after they're gone, I'm saying, Lord, what's going to happen? Lord, why'd you take them? We weren't ready. That's true. True story. I had this. I had this conversation with God. I, Lord, we weren't ready. You ever said that before? I'm not ready. Another couple came in uh, a year after that, two years after that, and we were expanding our student center. And they said, "How much do you need?" And they wrote us a twenty-five thousand dollar check. Another time, we went to Kearney. That that the, our, a missionary came in and said, "You guys have been so faithful to me. Here's a." $26,000 check so you guys can start working in Kearney. See, there are five talent kinds of people. And then there's two talent kinds of people. And then there's people, and I hope it's not you guys in here, that you bury it in the sand. You bury it in the ground. What God has for you, God cannot expand us if we don't allow him. Amen? Does that make sense? Okay, here's the fourth, the fourth thing, and then we're, we're going to go home. We'll go have La Casita. Fourth thing. A winning vision is worth the pain. Winners know that winning hurts. If you've been a part of a winning team, you've had to go through pain. You've had to go through difficulty. You had to push through. The reason that winners are, are sometimes few and far between is because it hurts. Winners face their giants. Winners 
sacrifice. Winners see the light behind the clouds. You're in a stormy season in your life, but you say there's light behind that. God is there. I talked to someone, and, and, and uh, after first service, he came and talked to me. He's been coming for the last three weeks. He pastor, he said, this is, God is doing some great things, and I'm just excited. He said, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, I want this winning vision. And, and he talked about, you know, this new venture that God has him in and, and, and talked about how God is in this season taking him through Dave Ramsey so he can be debt-free. How many of you, uh, you know that it, it's painful for you to be debt-free? Because you've got to give things up. But you win. We're going to start our, 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 our Clean Life uh, support group this, this Tuesday in Kearney. And every, every other week is going to go from Kearney to Oracle, then Kearney to Oracle. And this Clean Life group, we, we have people that are going to come in that are addicted to substances or, or pornography or whatever it is. And, and they can't get free from all this. But I'm going to tell you something. It takes you navigating through the pain to win. If anyone has ever been strung out on any kind of narcotics, you know that when you, when, you, when, you get, when you detox, it hurts. You've ever had a habit where you even chewing tobacco or, or smoking or whatever it is, and God loves you no matter what you do. You need to know that. I'm not coming down on it. I'm not being judgmental. I'm saying the reality, if anyone has ever been addicted to anything, it hurts to be free. But you've got to push through the pain. I, I struggled with anxiety when I first came to Christ. I didn't let anyone know. Because I'm this machismo mexicano. You know what I mean, vato loco? I let people know that I struggle with this anxiety and I, and I would get anxious and stuff. And, and it was something that I that was plagued with on a continuous basis because the devil had a foothold in my life. And I had to go through the pain. It was painful for me to be set free. It was painful. But I knew that the alternative, the alternative would be worse if I was to go toward the world that brought all this anxiety or I could keep pushing through with Jesus at the center of my life. Because what I used to do with my anxiety is I used to get wasted so that feeling would go away or I do very, when I got wasted, I made very stupid decisions. Have you ever done that? I know you guys don't do it, but first service are really bad. (laughs) But it was painful. So winners know that you have to sacrifice that you're going to face your giants. Winners know that God is our champion. And Tim, who just shared his testimony, that Tuesday in our prayer time, 6 a.m. prayer, and we pray every Tuesday morning, um, he said this. He said, you know, Jesus knows our pain, and he knows what we've gone through. And he said this scripture, and I want to read this, this scripture verse, Hebrews 12, 2, it says this, we do this. How, how, how do we embrace a winning vision? We do, the, do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, who's the champion of our faith, who initiates and he perfects our faith because of the joy that was awaiting him. He endured, can I say this, the pain of the cross. Because of the joy that was awaiting him, he endured the cross and people mocking him and and spikes being on him. He endured that and people laughing at him and him being pierced on his side. He endured the cross because he knew that that pain was not going to hold him back, that the Father would sustain him. 
and he would live again. And now he's seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. That's what God has for every one of us. See, there's some of you that you're afraid of what your friends are going to say. You're afraid of what your, what your family's going to say. You're afraid of what people are going to say because of your walk with God. Let me tell you, God will bless you if you follow him. He'll bless you. To the servants that didn't dig their investment in the, in, in the ground, Jesus said this, the, the man said this, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, here's what I believe, and here's what I want for myself, and I pray that you want it for yourself. I want to be faithful with what God has given me. You guys think sometimes, you know, or you might think, some of you guys get really excited. You might think, why do we go to Kearney? Because I know that that investment is worthy of God. Why are we going to Eagle Crest, I mean to um, uh, Vistoso, Oro Valley, uh, to the north side? Or, or, you know, why are we doing it? Because we, I know that God is worthy of that investment. And here's what I know for sure. That Arizona is one of the least church states in the country. And I know there's people over there who need a church. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, the Lord will prompt them to go to Living Word Chapel uh, uh, Vistoso. And they'll walk in those doors. And they may have everything that the world offers, but they're empty without Jesus Christ. And they're going to come to Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. There's a joy that's awaiting us in the future. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for vision and clarity. For today, for tomorrow, and into the future. Lord, we thank you for giving us your word that instructs our lives. Lord, we choose today to submit our lives to your will. I'm going to individualize this. Lord, I choose today to submit my life to your will and to your way and to your instruction that is written out in the word of God. And I ask, Lord Jesus, for you to come into my life. I choose to follow you from this day forward. For you to help me navigate through the difficulties of life. In fact, Father, forgive me for trying to do life without you. Today I'm coming back home. I'm coming back home to Jesus. With everybody in a, in a humble spirit, if there's someone here today and, and, and today God is calling you, he's called you through this prayer, he's called you through this message, and you're saying, today I'm going to just offer my life to Jesus. I want to be counted for him. Just raise your hand. This is between you and God. Yeah, bro, I see your hand. That's beautiful. Yeah. I see your hand. I see your hand. That's amazing. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're here today and you've kind of walked away from God's purposes for your life and maybe God's saying, come back home and you're saying, that's me today. I'm, I'm going to come back. Just raise your hand. It's between you and God. God can do some great things because you're saying, yes, I'm willing to do so. I'm not going to bury my treasure. 
I'm not going to bury your treasure. I'm going to give it. I'm going to invest it for you. Amen. Amen. So we pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.